The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, March 23rd, 2020. The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holt, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, my co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Elaine. Well, we're here live in studios at KBBF on Corby Avenue in beautiful California, and I want to just welcome all our listeners here. I know that we're just all going through a lot of stress and a lot of apprehension over what's happening right now. Wow, what a week it has been. I mean, when I think about it, it's hard to comprehend, and yet I know what we're all going through is to have the big question, you know, are we going to make it? Are we going to get the disease? Is our family going to be okay? All the those things are running through our minds. And in this morning's show, we're going to try to offer a little encouragement to people. Uh, joining me on the phone will be Misty Harris, who is the uh, the community engagement uh, liaison for Sonoma County Sheriff's Department. I really appreciate uh, Misty's going to come on. She's going to give us a little report on what's going on with the county, and we're going to have a good conversation. We're also going to try something experimental. Uh, I don't know if my listeners really realize this, but uh, Ken Norton, my co-producer here, uh, he has a website called, uh, you know, my mind is just, I'm telling you something, this is very, very exciting. It's called, go ahead. KennethyNorton.com. KennethyNorton.com. And it, but wait a minute, let me, you know, I'll tell you something. I have a little script here. And we're going to do, we're going to do, Ken has a program called Scent of Light, and we're going to bring one of his his programs on called Discernment. And when I listened to it yesterday, we listened to it on the on the radio, it was just amazing. It really inspired me and gave me a little bit of inspiration, and it cut kind of cut down on my fears. And also we're going to read uh, the 10 words of the created spirit, which I hope will help uh, folks uh, get through this time. And also all the information that I'm going to give give you all the things that we read are all going to be on www.womenspaces.com. Well, I got to tell you, this weekend was a very, very sad weekend for me. Uh, I want to do condolences to Nancy and Harold Rogers. They are our good neighbors for over 30 years. Their son, uh, John Rogers, passed away on Saturday, uh, March 7th, uh, quietly in his sleep at the age of 36. John was a loving son brother, friend, uncle, I mean, you name it, he was that. He was he was the type of person that would always lend a helping hand. John is survived by his parents, Harold and Nancy Rogers, his brother, Harold Rogers Jr., his sister, Tina Rogers, Tiffany Rogers, Tamara Moore, Natalie Rogers, and Nicole Rogers. Amazing, amazing, amazing big family, and also many, many nie- nieces and nephews, especially uh, his beautiful nephew, Hayden Rogers, who's a new 
newly been born, Angelina Lavareno and the whole family, and also the extended friends, family, and neighbors. If I missed anybody's name, I'm really sorry. The most important thing is is that I want to do send my consolations out to my dear friends, Natchez and Harold Rogers. You know, it was very, very interesting. Here we are in the middle of this pandemic, and Nancy showed up at my doorstep to first tell me about her son, and I want you to know, folks, I never want to hear that from another friend as long as I live. Losing a child, I don't care how old that child is, has got to be one of the most traumatic things in the world. You know... Talking about trauma, I think the most traumatic thing is what we're hearing about our government not coming up to the plate. And I think it's very, very important for folks to pay attention to what's happening, to stay home, to try to find different ways to relax, you know, listen to your radio, listen to your television. We're so lucky that we can have some of us or a lot of us have homes that we can spend time in. I know Ken and I have been really hunked up and we've been a little bit nervous. We're nervous about our family. And the most interesting thing was is I had my birthday on March 18th. I couldn't believe it. Here I was, 80 years old, in the middle of all this trauma and drama through the whole globe. And here I am having a birthday and my family saying, we got to celebrate. we got to do something. Well, we can't make contact. So what do you think we did? We had a birthday party via the Internet. My uh, beautiful granddaughter, Caitlin uh, Jensen, she knows all about computers. She helped us get set up on Facebook, and there we were. They brought dinner over to me. They put it on the front door, the front porch, excuse me, and then they, we brought it in, and then we had dinner. We set up the table and everything, and then we all keyed in, and we actually were able to do wine toast, you know, kind of touch the screen, and everybody was laughing, and for a moment, for a moment, we just enjoyed ourselves, and that's what we have to do. We have to find those little kernels of joy, little ways that we at least make it comfortable for ourselves. I mean, this is something that we in the United States have never, I don't remember facing it. Although I did have a memory, you know, during World War II, I remember there was a blackout and I remember my mother and father were kind of panicking because they had to close all the curtains and everything. And I remember being in the living room all cuddled up and everybody just very concerned. I think my grandmother was there with us also. And it was an amazing memory. But, you know, we got through that. You know, why did they have blackouts? Because planes were flying over and they didn't know whether, you know, they were afraid they were either from Japan or Germany and and there was a huge threat to the United States at that time. But you know what was also interesting when you think about it? During World War II, when they, when the Japanese invaded Pearl Harbor and we knew, Franklin Delano Roosevelt knew that we were going to go to war, We got that war machine going within two months, ma'am. We were producing bullets and guns and planes and you name it. So why can't we do the same thing with the equipment that we need for this pandemic? We need respirators. We need masks. We need all kinds of things. And I do not understand why the government is not acting a lot quicker. And then also this whole thing about giving people, you know, money and trying to inject stuff into the economy. And here the Democrats are trying their best to make sure that people are taken care of. And the other side of the aisle, they want to take care of the business and make sure they're pumping in money to make sure that the stock market survives. Well, you know something? The stock market 
market is not our economy. Our economy is that little mom and pop store that you go and have a cup of coffee in the morning. Our economy is the chain stores like Oliver's. You know, that's our economy. You know, our economy is not the stock market. It may be a little bit of a gauger, but we have to start focusing on what's real. And we have to start asking ourselves one question. What is important? And the most interesting thing to me about this whole pandemic is, is that every human being on the globe is affected. So we have to come together as a people, not as a country, not as a religion, not as a, a gender, but as human beings that have to join together and help to make this thing dissipate. Not escalate, but make it dissipate so we can start living our lives normally again. But if we don't have that attitude that this is a human problem, this is a global problem, nobody's special, nobody, you know, the virus knows no discrimination. It doesn't say, oh, I'm not going to hit him because he has $2 million in the bank, or oh, I'm not going to touch her because she's white, or I'll get her because she's a certain color. Uh-uh. It knows no boundaries, and we have to recognize this. We have to come together as a global community. Well, now we're going to try a little experiment, Okay. And let's keep our fingers crossed, Ken. Ken, we're going to be doing uh, his recording that he made on Sunday. Well, that is there's wonderful. already a change. It will not be a recording. Oh, it's- I cannot get the recording to work. However, I did bring the transcript. So oh. what, what I can do is is uh, make a live presentation. Oh, go okay. go for it, Ken. You know, we're live. We're doing exceptions today. Go ahead, Ken. I think it's very important that you let folks know. Okay, I do a, a couple times a month, I do a, a show called Scent of Light, and it's what it consists of are five-minute episodes. And this is uh, the episode that I wrote for this week, uh, and I'm, it's on discernment. The pandemic precautions have risen to policies of encouraging, if not requiring, social distancing in our nation, state, and county, following the lead of other countries around the world who have faced exponential rise in cases of infection and deaths. Business, as usual, has been disrupted, and the stock market is receding sharply. We are learning individually and collectively what is essential to live, facing a common danger that crosses all borders and affects the rich and the poor. Our traditional assumptions and behaviors that worked before need to be reassessed in light of the need to slow the infection rate so the disease does not overwhelm the medical systems in each country and locality. The closing of businesses big and small is depriving the laid-off employees and their families of needed income. For those confined to their residence, this is an opportune time to practice meditation and other mindful exercises. I begin my morning meditation with contemplating the ten words to the creative spirit that my mentor William Hermans composed, so these ten words are energized in my discernment when making choices. I treated each of these ten words on separate episodes on the scent of light, and they are archived at my website for your referral. For those working in essential jobs, It is an important time to take just 10 minutes a day 
to steal your mind. The body responds with relaxation, and one learns to discern the active storytelling mind from that which is still. This helps us be conscious of the change required in our behavior under the threat of being infected or infecting others, including our loved ones. Those automatic urges to shake hands or hug a loved one or friend now in need to be checked by our will, informed by our new state of affairs consciousness. The media keeps us informed, but its discernment of the credibility of the news requires sourcing from trusted authorities on the subject while recognizing partiality can exist in the presentation. There is an interplay of knowledge gained from meditation and that gained from our studies and practical experiences. Old reasons give way to a reason tempered by the stillness so that understanding of a greater whole and compassion have a say as well as allowance for an element of mystery, inducing humility for the limitations of our intellect. This allowance for the mystery gives permission for our mind to be informed by the signs appearing in synchronicity with our purpose. We can ask for signs to set our mind's receptive antennae to be alert for their transmission. We can do this for information or experiences received that need clarification, and the signs will enable us to perceive the subject from a different position. Talking with family and friends, without the need to be right, enables ideas to play with one another in creative ways as we discern our way together, even if physically distant. The present crisis is occurring while we have been so facing droughts, wildfires, and massive storms due to climate change. The young generation has been calling for urgent action to curb the release of industrial chemicals into the environment that is warming our planet and creating climate havoc and perhaps more pandemics. Our response for climate action can be worked on during this time of isolation. Government representatives can be contacted with phone, postcards, and emails urging them to join in supporting the new Green Deal. Internet chat groups can still bring our creative minds together. We can make lemonade out of the lemons presented us. Let's treat the crisis as challenges and seek solutions alone and together, practicing discernment. This is Ken Norton on The Scent of Light. You can contact me via Ken at KennethyNorton.com, and I will be glad to hear from you. The Scent of Light episodes are archived on the web at KennethyNorton.com. That is K-E-N-N-E-T-H-E-N-O-R-T-O-N.com. Thanks for listening. Oh, thank you so much, Ken. That was so inspiring to me. You know, coming together... That's the most important thing. And I thought what I would do for my listeners, first of all, just to let you know, you know, as I was listening to it and as I was listening to it last night, 
I said to myself, I said, I hope people understand what the word discernment mean. You know, it means the ability to judge well, which is very important right now. We need the ability to judge well, where to go, where not to go, when to wear a mask, when not to wear a mask. You know, looking at our children, how all the different things that we have to make judgments about now. And I thought it might be helpful if I read the 10 words to the creative spirit for everybody, because I think this is a very powerful tool especially during these times when it's so chaotic and there's so much fear that comes up. You know, the other side of fear is very interesting. There was a, a very interesting quote. I have I want to I want to read this that by um by Mandela and I I just say it's called something to think about. And I think it's amazing. It's an oops, there we go. It's an amazing amazing quote. Let me read this to you. I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. And that was by Nelson Mandela, who was a South African anti-apartheid revolutionary political leader and philosopher philanthropist who served as president of South Africa from 1994 to 1999. This man spent years in jail, years in confinement, and still he came up. I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man, I'll say man and woman, is not is not he or she who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. And now it's time to do that, really. On a collective level, we can support each other. Anyway, I'm going to read the 10 words of creative spirit. This was written by William Hermans. And if you want to find out more about Dr. Hermans, you can go to www.williamhermans.com. That's H-E-R-M-A-N-N-S.com. And remember, everything is in women's spaces. We're even going to put the 10 words on there this time. Okay, here we go. And we do this every morning, Ken and I. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a great way to start the day, let me tell you. So here we go. The 10 words to the creative spirit. Give me grace so I can walk uplifted through this day. Give me joy so my heart has enough and to spare for others. Give me peace so an angelic spirit accompanies me wherever I go. Give me love so darkness changes to sunshine where I am. Give me healing so spirit is the light of the flesh. Give me mercy, so my free will chooses mercy. Give me trust, so no despair can grip my soul. I love this one. Give me trust, and we all have to trust now, so no despair can grip my soul. Give me power, so I can speak with authority. Give me wisdom, so I cannot be bribed by my intellect. Give me feeling so I can vibrate your truth. Grace, joy, peace, love, healing, mercy, trust, power, wisdom, and feeling. The human condition. Well, it's a lot to think about. It makes me want to cry, you know, when I think of the wonderful people in our lives and the way people have come together. You know, it's, it's, it's a challenge. We have a challenge right now. We have a big challenge. We have a challenge with global warming. We have a challenge with this pandemic. We have a challenge with our immigrants. We have all these challenges going now. And we all need to do the right thing. 
And the right thing comes when we go into our hearts, into our compassion, and we start thinking about one another, not about the stock market, not about money, but just about for a moment thinking about each other and thinking about yourself and how you can gain strength. Well, that's a lot to think about, and we're going to take a musical break right now. And the song I'm going to be singing is something that I really love. It's called The Circle of Life, sung by Carmen Schuchat Chorus and David Shannon. And it's just a reminder. It's just a reminder. And when we return, I'm I'm very, very happy to be able to have an interview with Misty Harris, who is the uh, community liaison for the Sonoma County Sheriff's Department. And she's going to give us an update on what's going on within our county and giving us some ideas of, of how they're cooperating with other counties. And just we're just going to have a good conversation. But in the meanwhile, let's go ahead and let's listen to the circle of life.
goodness, the circle of life. You know, I remember when I played that when my great-granddaughter, Satori Trinity Jensen, was born. And I remember the feeling I had, the miracle of life, the miracle of birth, the miracle of children. We must never lose sight of that. You know, right now we're in a period of time where we really have to come together, work together and love one another and really learn. You know, there's a, a we consider ourselves a Christian nation. Well, one thing in a Christian nation that is very clear to me is the saying, love your neighbor as yourself. This is an opportunity to not only love our neighbors, but to look at all people as our neighbors and that recognizing that we are all on this planet and we are all in the same boot. Boat. Boot, I said. Boat. B-O-A-T. And I hope we don't sink. (laughs) Anyway, for you guys just tuning in, you are listening to live here in Sonoma County, KBBF 89.1 FM, Calistoga, Santa Rosa. I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of KBBF, its board of directors, its members, or women's spaces. And I want to say, I want to give a big shout out right now to our board of directors here at KBBF, to all our members, to all the producers that are coming online, that are making announcements, that are making sure that our community is safe. You know, it is an honor to be here. It is an honor for me to have this show. And I want to thank everyone for listening and just hang in there. And without further ado, I want to introduce, I have to say this. I have a whole new feeling about the Sheriff's Department. Ever since Misty Harris came on board, I thought this is really a friendly city. Anyway, welcome Misty Harris. Excuse me, Misty Wood. I'm so, wait a minute. It's Misty Wood, Elaine. Misty Wood, where? Yeah. Who's Misty Harris? <laughs> that that was my old name. I oh, had a, a name change recently. <laughs> oh my <laughs> so. goodness! No wonder. God, you, Misty. Okay, Misty Wood. So that means you are married now, or you went back to your maiden name? What is I, it? I went back to my na- maiden name. Well, you and I share one thing in common. So did I. I went back All right. to my yes. That's what I am. Elaine Holtz is my maiden name. Well, welcome, Misty Wood, community engagement liaison for Sonoma County Sheriff's Office. Thank you for coming on on such short notice. And before we get into presenting updates about the virus and explaining what's going on, tell us a little bit about you, Misty. How did you get involved with the, in actually working for the sheriff? What is your background and and what do you hope to accomplish during this interview? What do you want people to know? So my background is actually in the world of environmental studies. I graduated from Sonoma State with a degree in environmental studies and a minor in Spanish. And I was a land use planner for 13 years working in public sector. And um, I, I, was, uh, I just got burned out and it was time for a career change. And I saw this job position open up here at the sheriff's office as community engagement liaison, and it hit me in the gut that that's where I was supposed to be. I wanted to do something meaningful and effective for our community and bring people together. And after a uh, difficult, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, a difficult interview process and background process, here I am. So um, really what I hope to achieve with this interview today is is give the community some of the key messages, some of the most important pieces of information for them so they understand a little bit more about what the shelter-in-place order is and why it's so important and what they can do to help their families and their communities. Well, you know, we are live, you know, and every once in a while we have to throw in a little something that, that inspires people. So I want to know, how is it working for our new sheriff? 
I love it, to be totally honest. Um, Sheriff Essek is bright and has a lot of experience, and he really values the opinions of people around him. And I have found that, you know, personally I've been able to be very successful here at the Sheriff's Office um, working with Sheriff Essek. And uh, I, I see that he really cares about about me as a professional here, about the staff members who are here, and about the community at large. So it's been um, an absolute joy so far. It certainly, at this time, certainly gives us an opportunity to come together. And I think I think this county is really working hard to try to keep people safe, to try to be cooperative, you know, to try to move people along. So let's talk a little bit about exactly what is the shelter in place order, and what what was the what was the momentum that created it. You know, it, it's an order from our health officer. It's, it's not a law enforcement order, which I think some people are confused about. So I think that's an important distinction that we want to make. This was an order that the health officer brought forward and implemented um, with the Board of Supervisors because of the coronavirus pandemic and because of the fact that coronavirus was here in Sonoma County. So uh, essentially what the order says is that the coronavirus is here that science says the only way that you can slow down the coronavirus is what they call flattening the curve. Um, It means that when you prevent people from interacting with each other, you have fewer cases, and those cases tend to be spread over a longer period of time, so it extends the length of it, but it reduces the number of cases, and very importantly, it allows our healthcare system to work within capacity. So what the health order does is tell people to stay at home unless they must leave, and it defines what that is, um, with that idea that the fewer contacts we have with each other, in-person contacts as humans, the slower this virus is going to spread throughout our families and throughout our communities. And um, hopefully, the fewer cases and the fewer deaths we will experience. Well, I'll tell you, it must be a, just a horrendous responsibility down there trying to, you know, trying to, I, I can't find a better word, but to enforce it. So why don't you explain a little bit? One of the things that when people found out that I was going to be doing this interview with you, they wanted to say, well, what's going to happen? Are they going to arrest us? Are they going to stop? What, what, how is this enforced? What does the sheriff do? What does the police department do? What are their roles in this? Uh, you know, local law enforcement's role right now is a support role. So this is a health order, and the health department is responsible for enforcing it. But law enforcement is an important part of helping support them because this is such a wide-sweeping order by the health officer. So we try to do what's called voluntary compliance. So when we come upon a situation where people aren't complying, you know, they're, they're out in large groups, for example, when we run into that situation, we have a conversation with them about what the order talks about, what the rules are, and most importantly, why it's important. Because education really is key on this one to help people understand what they're doing is putting themselves at risk and it's putting other people at risk. And so that's what law enforcement is doing right now is trying to get voluntary compliance through education. Talk talk about the rules a little bit. You know what what are some of the rules? I mean, what what like if, if there's an order that was given, this is what people have to do. 
Mm-hmm. So what the rule says is that you have to stay at home unless you're an essential business or you're, you're doing essential travel. And a, like us, that, right? <laughs> yeah, like us. So, so it lists, exactly. So it lists what some of those essential businesses are. So, for example, media is one of those, emergency responders and healthcare providers, grocery stores, banks, things like that that are really essential for people to still carry on day-to-day. It's still important that you have access to your money. It's still important that you feed your family. Um, It's still important that when you need help that a peace officer shows up to help you. It's still important that you get good, high-quality information, right? So it really limits contact as much as possible by focusing on what those, those essential businesses, those essential services really are. Um, and there's been a lot of clarification since the order was issued as well because it's um, you can't possibly think of every business, you know, when you when you write an order and when you when you think about these things, it's difficult to think about every business in the county. So the county has issued some clarity um, as well, and you can find that on SoCoEmergency.org. SoCo that's S-O-C-O-Emergency.org. Correct. So that's the county's emergency website, and it is packed with really good information about what the shelter-in-place means, frequently asked questions, resources for seniors, things like that. It's a fantastic resource during this disaster or during this crisis. Well, I have another question to ask, too. There's some confusion because in Sonoma County, and I'm sure in, in all counties, they have the city and then the unincorporated areas. Mm-hmm. So how is that being handled? I know, I know that the sheriff generally handles all the unincorporated, am I correct? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. and then the, 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 the police department usually uh, handles all the city stuff. So how, how are you operating that way? I mean, is, is there a cross-support, or what, what's, the, what's the rule there now? Um, so it's still the same um, as far as the sheriff is in charge of the unincorporated area, and each police chief is, uh, each police department is responsible for the respective city that they're in charge, where they provide law enforcement services. So that, that hasn't changed. Um, all of the chiefs and the sheriff work closely together, so they communicate regularly and they support each other. So if there's a mutual aid situation, we're always there for each other, but um, we still have the regular system in place where if you live in, say, Petaluma, you would call Petaluma Police for help. If you live in the unincorporated area, somewhere like Geyserville, you would still call the sheriff's office for help. So, so that's so that's how they're that's how they're handling that. So, mm-hmm. what, what if I, what if I'm not sure? You know, what if you know what if I say, wait a minute, I got to go out. You know, can I leave my house? And do I have to bring anything with me if I, if all of a sudden I'm stopped? I mean, or if all of a sudden I'm going to the grocery store and say someone the light goes on behind me. I mean, this is just a fantasy, but you know, <laughs> it goes on behind me, and all of a sudden there's the police. He says, "Where are you going? What, what, how would you respond?" Yeah. So we're not doing any checks. There's no checkpoints or anything like that right now um, about the shelter-in-place order. So I think about it in two ways. Um, The first is what the order says. And are you an essential business or not? Is this an essential need? And if you're not sure, then I recommend SoCo Emergency or you can call 211. And they have bilingual staff at 211 to help you understand the health order and to help you understand sort of what is and isn't allowed under that order and, you know, resources that you might need during this time. 
Um, I think everybody recognizes it's difficult when you're home. You may be losing income. You may be homeschooling your your children. This is not an easy time. And so 211 also is a great place for resources to help you through it. Um, The way that I think about it personally is what do I want to do versus what do I need to do? So there are times when I want to go to the grocery store so I can get a particular snack that I really like, but I know that every time I go to the grocery store, I'm putting myself at risk and I'm potentially putting somebody else at risk because I could be carrying coronavirus and not know it. So what I'm doing is going to the grocery store, you know, I'm trying to limit it to once a week. So I'm trying to limit when I go out and plan ahead and make my list so that I'm efficient when I go out and I'm minimizing the number of times I have to go out. So that, that's how I'm doing it. In addition to working, I'm trying to limit being out in the public as much as possible um, with that knowledge that many of us could be, you know, we could be carrying coronavirus and not know it. And that's one of the challenges for our health officials is that symptoms don't necessarily present right away. So I want to make sure that I'm safe. I want to make sure that uh, particularly our elderly folks are safe, our people with compromised immune systems are safe, and I'm, I'm really doing it for them more than I'm doing it for myself. Oh, that's some great advice, Misty. <laughs> that's great advice. That's the way Ken and I have been handling it. You know, we're going to go shopping once a week to be very careful. We have to come. We have like a little routine. And we're even doing Tai Chi and making sure we take our walk. So it's, there's lots of things you can do. But this is, you know, we are a bilingual station. And many, many people of, of, of dual languages listen. Is there anything special? I mean, I know there's the, always the ice threat. And I know the county's been really pretty good about it. How is that been? being handled now. Do you have any idea? Uh, For the Spanish language stuff, we've got um, all of SoCo Emergency is in English and Spanish. I know the county is putting out English and Spanish information on their um, social media. The Sheriff's Office is also putting out bilingual information on our social media. So we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we also have a Spanish-speaking public information officer, so he can do media interviews in Spanish as well to make sure that our Spanish-speaking community is up to speed on what's going on, that they have the most current information. Um, I think one of the things that's challenging about this particular crisis is that it changes almost daily. Um, things are changing rapidly, so we're asking folks to be patient and, and try to stay on top of the information, and, and we'll get it to you as quickly as we can, but this is a rapidly evolving situation that's going to last um, for some unknown period of time. So I think getting back to what you said at the beginning of the show, that working together and loving one another is going to be really, really important over the coming weeks and months. Well, any last words, Misty? Um I guess my last words would be please stay at home. Stay at home. Um, Unless you absolutely must go out, please stay home. Well, Misty Wood, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on and for giving such good information. Like I said, you put a beautiful face on the Sheriff's Department, and I thank you for coming on, for taking your time, particularly during this time, and for providing such good information. So thank you so much. You're welcome, Elaine, and I really appreciate you and everybody at KBBF being there for the community and giving me an opportunity to speak today. Oh, well, thank you. Wow. You know, this is an example of women, women expressing themselves, giving information, 
being in positions that they can support and help their community. So I thought what I would do to celebrate all the women, all the nurses, the Misty Hair, the Misty Woods of the world, all working in sheriffs and police departments, trying to give a positive uh, message, trying to encourage people. And this is my, my favorite song. I love this song. And I don't know if it's appropriate during this time or not appropriate, but I know that we, the women, are very, very important. So we are going to sing We Are the Woman, Women, sung by Betsy Rose and the, her women's choir. And remember, this is National Women's History Month. And as women, we have a lot to be proud of. When I return, I'm going to read something very, I'm going to give you some special dates, some special birthdays, and some special honorees about women and what's going on and what went on in the past and what's going on in the present. So let's go ahead and listen to We Are the Women, sung by Betsy Rose and the Women's Choir. We are the women giving birth to tomorrow. We are the women who are present today. We are the women who know hope and sorrow. Women who act. Women who pray. Women whose wisdom will light the way. We are the women giving birth to tomorrow. We are the women who are present today. We are the women who know hope and sorrow. It makes me happy. 
and I want to be happy. You know, we're all, you know, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces. I'm your host, Elaine Beholz. You know, right now we're going through troubles of time. We're being quarantined. Many of us have to go to work and are concerned and frightened. All, all kinds of things are going on. But, you know, the world doesn't stop. And we need to acknowledge it, women, you know, here we are in Women's National History Month, you know, here the Alliance, the National Women's History Alliance, right here in Sonoma County, and so much to be proud of, of our community. And I thought what I would do is I would just talk a little bit about some of the women in the past, you know, and, and what did they do? How did we get to where we are? You know, at one time, you know, you would have never been able to hear a woman in a, a sheriff's department talking, maybe on the switchboard, but not in such a position like Misty Woods has, you know, or or I want to do a shout out for supervisor, board of supervisors here in Sonoma County, Susan Gorn. She's been on the air several times and she's so if anybody is is the right person to be supporting all of us in this county at this time. Susan Gorn is the one. She has such a a compassionate, kind nature. And I want to thank her personally for all that she's doing and attempting to do. It's a a lot of work. And also Linda Hopkins, she's coming on. Every every time I turn around, she's either doing a town hall or doing some sort, I mean, some sort of presentation over the internet trying trying to keep her constituents informed. I mean, I'm really, I'm really proud of all of them. And our city also working as hard as it's working. So let's go into birthdays for some special women. And it's really interesting. This one birthday, this woman was born March 23rd, 1884. Her name was Florence Ellenwood Allen, the first woman to serve on a state Supreme Court and one of the first two women to serve as a United States federal judge. Amazing. You know, amazing. This woman was born in 1884. Another woman that was born March 23rd, that's today, was Margaret Farrer. She joined the New York World in the New York, what is this? She joined the New York World in 1921 with the responsibility, listen to this, to get the Crosswood puzzle mistake free. Can you believe that? A woman did that. Also, she edited Simon & Schuster's puzzle books for over 60 years, and she became the crossword editor for the New York Times in February 1942. That's amazing. I was two years old in 1942. Anyway, and then on March 23rd, another woman, March 23rd, 1908, Dominique de Morel, she was a collector of modern art, medieval art, and tribal artifacts escaped Paris with her children and settled in Houston around 1942. She was a strong supporter of civil rights. She created the Carter Manel Human Rights Foundation with former President Jimmy Carter. Amazing. Do you see what I say about the the women? We are the women. I mean, these are wonderful things that these women accomplish. Well, here's someone's birthday on March 24th, 1826. Matilda Jocelyn Gage. She was a suffragette, a woman's right, and Native American rights activist, historian, and founding member of the National Women's Suffrage Association. She was a you know, very, very interesting, a women's right and Native American rights activist. Amazing women. And then one last person, and I'm sure people are really familiar with her. She was born on March 24th, 1912. Dorothy Height, 
She served 40 years as president of the National Council of Negro Women. I am so proud to talk about, to bring these women up, to see these are the shoulders that we are standing on. Well, here's another good thing. This is just miscellaneous, something that happened March 21st, 1986. Debbie Thomas became the first African-American woman to win the World Figure Skating Championship. Really interesting. And then on March 23rd, 1917, Virginia Woolf establishes the Hogarth Press with her husband, Leonard Woolf, which allowed a lot more printing to go to the public. So these are some really, really very, very interesting facts about women and their contribution. And I'm really proud. I am really proud about that. Well, we're going to take another musical break. And then I'm going to come back, and I decided I'm going to read a poem. It's called, You Might Say I'm a Dreener. But first, we're going to listen to this song, and it's a song, one of my favorite songs, sung by the brothers and sisters. And it's really important. Listen to the words. We shall overcome. Michaelia Jackson. Pardon? Mahalia Jackson. Oh, Mahalia Jackson. Oops, got the wrong one. We Shall Overcome, sung by Mahalia Jackson. You know, folks, this is a lie. Remember, you may make a mistake, but you're not a mistake. <laughs> anyway, I just thought I would throw that in. My excuses for making a mistake. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and listen to that We Shall Overcome. And when we come back to end the program, we will be listening to one of my poems.
we shall overcome this one day. And it, it just brought me back to the 10 words to the creative spirit that I read this morning. And I want to just read one line again. Give me trust. Trust that we're going to overcome so no despair can grip my soul. Give me trust so no despair can grip my soul. Boy, I need that one, let me tell you. Welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces. I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz, and we're at the last segment of the show, and I'm going to read uh, one of the poems that I wrote that I think is, you know, is kind of appropriate for now, because I'm sure we're all into a kind of a dream state, hoping things work out. So here we go. It's called, You Might Say I Am a Dreamer. Last night, I had a beautiful dream about life and all it could mean. I dreamt how beautiful it was to give when the entire world learned to give. Humankind at last learned how to use their highest level of thought. Making wars no longer. Peace was taught. Prejudice was a thing in the past. All humankind became equal at last. The cry of hunger and pain were no longer heard every day. Humans learn to give, to help others along the way. How beautiful it was to live. How great to give. Peace at last. War and hate in the dim past. Fear and mistrust were unheard of. All humans knew were trust and love. With a start, I woke up from my beautiful dream. I opened my ears and eyes, hearing and seeing all of humankind's cries. Tears of sorrow fell down my face as I hoped one day we would all work together to change this place. That we would all work together and change this place. Well, folks... This is our opportunity. This is showing us the importance of Medicare coverage for everyone, that we put people above profits. We put peace above war. We come together. We can't join hands now. We can't join hands, but we can come together. Well, this is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. I want to do a shout-out again to KBBF and to all its board members and all its members and everybody that contributes to the station. Thank you so much for keeping us on the air. You're a vital, vital, vital program for our community. A reminder, tell your friends Women's Spaces will be aired again at 11 p.m. That's this evening on KBBF 89.1 FM. You can also stream on www.kbbf.org. I'm so excited I get to listen to my own program. Also, I'm available for speaking engagements, and if you have any announcements you'd like to have on the air, do not hesitate to email me at elaine at womenspaces.com, you know, birthdays, anniversaries. Special thank you to Misty Wood from the Sonoma County Sheriff's Office for giving us such a fine interview and giving us so much good information. Remember, you can go on www.womenspaces 
and you can find out all the information, all the websites, everything we talked about, the poems, you name it, it's there. I want to thank Ken Norton for being my webmaster. He does just such a great job. Remember, our children are the future, and we must never lose sight of that. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Remember, our children are the future, and we must never lose sight of that. And right now, we're being challenged. This is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. And remember what Risty said. Try to follow the rules and be safe. Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, March 23rd, 2020.